Hey y'all, welcome back to another episode of In Killing Color. Today we are going to talk about an NBA player who was mysteriously lost at sea and nobody's ever seen him again. (laughs) That's very random. I never heard about that. I'm sure a lot of people have never heard about that. But after a lot of research and watching some things, I found out some things and it is definitely a wild story. So today we are going to talk about Bison Dele and what happened to him. Let's get into it. These are their stories. All right, so I did start off by saying Bison Dele, but for the beginning of the story, I'm going to call him by his real name, which we're going to get into why he has another name later, but his name was Brian Williams, and Brian Williams was born on Easter Sunday, April the 6th, 1969 in Fresno, California. He was the second son, remember I said that for later, the second son of Patricia Phillips and of singer Eugene Williams of The Platters. Do y'all remember the group The Platters? If not, that's who Frankie Lyman, Holly Berry girl played. She was in The Platters. But anyway, he was the son of those two. And now Patricia divorced him, remarried somebody, and raised her and her two boys until Brian was in the junior in high school and they got a divorce. Now, it is something to note that Brian was of African-American and Cherokee descent. I'll tell you why later. So as a junior in high school, he attended Bishop Gorman in Vegas. And y'all know all the stories about Bishop Gorman football program, stellar, stellar football program. But apparently they had a pretty decent basketball program as well. Not about to get into all his stats and stuff. Cause guess what? <sighs> we don't really care. Anyway, He ran track, played basketball, did all these things. And then what um, gravitated him mostly to basketball was that he got recruited to the University of Maryland. And he played there for one year and then he sat out. And then after he sat out, he moved to the University of Arizona. So that's where the story begins. So he did his years at the University of Arizona and then he entered the draft in 1991. Now he was... I think he was in the top 10, if I'm not mistaken. I think he was in the top 10, but he played for several teams throughout his NBA career. Um, he or he averaged like 11 points over eight seasons, <laughs> all for playing like five different teams. And I hate to laugh at that, but I mean, hey, it is what it is. Um, but he was also on the 1997 Chicago Bulls and he won a ring. So he won a ring with... Scotty, MJ, everybody. So, I mean, like, at the end of the day, he'd always be like, well, hey, (laughs) I got a ring, though. (laughs) Everybody can't say that, but he can. And also, it's also a point to note that he was suffering from, I guess, mental illness. Um, Not sure if it was, like, depression, mania, anxiety, something, but he did suffer from a lot of things. Um, 
you know, he would be out at a party with like friends and people. And he was never really into the whole like, let's go out to the club, get wild, da da da. He was more of like a laid back chill, but he would kind of chill out. So in 1998, he changed his name from Brian Williams to Bison Dele. And he did that to pay homage, 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 to pay tribute to his Cherokee heritage. That's all right with me. And that same year, at the age of 30, he decided to retire from the NBA and he left a $36 million contract on the table. $36 million. He was like, fuck that. I don't care about none of that. It's giving mental illness. It's giving my mental is worth more than these coins. If a lot of athletes paid attention to that, it'd probably be a lot of different things going on in the world, but we're not going to talk about that on this here podcast. So now, three years later, he was unalived at sea by his own brother. By his own brother. Same mama, same daddy. It ain't giving half, it's giving whole. So let's get into why his brother murdered him and how everything just kind of fell into place. So when he first got drafted, he got drafted to the Orlando Magic and they thought like so highly of him. Like he was like, Amazing. Like when he played for Arizona, he was great. And like I said earlier, he was the 10th pick in the draft. And they just were so like, yay, you know, but he didn't get to play a lot. And he only made about nine points through his rookie year. All right. So after a drop in his playing time of his second year in Orlando, Williams decided to go and play for the Denver Nuggets. And at that year, he averaged eight points per game. It's still not giving mad points, but. Okay, so after two years there, he moved on and went to the Clippers. All right, so that year turned out to be his best year where he averaged about 15.8 games and did 7.6 rebounds. Okay, not mad at that. Unfortunately, there was a contract dispute with the Clippers and uh, he didn't play the remainder of the season. Then after that, he got a call from the Bulls, went to the Bulls, got on the team with MJ, got that ring. All right, so he was there. So, you know, he had got a, a reputation of not wanting to stay in a place too long. And it was just, he was just kind of like all over the place, which, I mean, I'm not mad at that. Like, if you can bounce off somewhere and get a coin, hey, I'm not mad at that. Really, I'm not mad at that. So, like I said, in 1998, he decided to change his name. And then he played under that name under his final season when he just was averaging maybe about 10 points per game. Now, before the start of the 1999 season, he was 30 years old and he was the highest played player on the Detroit Pistons. And he shocked everybody. Like I said, when he decided to, he had about five years left on his contract. He said, fuck that. I'm out. And he left for 36, excuse me, $36.45 million. Now for me, it's giving like, hey, like I said, my mental health is way more important than dribbling this ball up and down the court. I would rather have a peace of mind and not be stressed out about this team, these points, this image. I'm just gonna live my life and do what I gotta do. And so everybody was kind of like, oh my God, like, why you do that? He was like, hey, 
don't even worry about it because I don't give a shit. So you shouldn't either. <laughs> and at that point, he didn't give a shit. He didn't miss basketball at all. He started traveling. He was enjoying his life. He um, went to Europe and ran with the Bulls. And around that time, supposedly he was dating the material girl, the material girl, Madonna. <laughs> Nobody wants to talk about that, but you know, Madonna was out here dating the boys. Madonna was dating him. Madonna had dated Dennis Rodman. Apparently, Madonna had dated, um, never mind, because I forgot. But <laughs> Madonna was out here dating these basketball players, but he wasn't even really like too much interested in dating Madonna like that either. He did get um, to meet someone while he was at a party. He met this lady and they were in a good relationship. Her name was Serena Carlin. She was an ex-model and they had a really great, like passionate, loving relationship. And he was really happy with her. Um, she had told her friends that, hey, we're getting ready to go sail the seas and just travel on the world for like six months. And her friends were like, yes, girl, that sounds amazing. Like who wouldn't want to? say fuck everything get on a catamaran and just be on the ocean with the man you love I, everybody want to do that so in the year of 2000 him and serena went to tahiti and he bought a 55 foot catamaran and he named it hakuna matata now we all know what hakuna matata means means it means no worries so he didn't have no worries and then, then one day he was like, hey, we're just about to make a trip to Hawaii. So they were going to go from Tahiti to Hawaii with their boat. Now, it's we must note that we have a brother. His brother's name was Kevin, excuse me, is Kevin Williams. Now, Kevin and Bison had a really, really tumultuous relationship because Growing up, it was almost like a comparison of the two. Bison had the athletic prowess. Kevin did not. Bison went to school for the sports. Kevin kind of just went for the educational route. And then it got to the point where, you know, Bison decided to look after his brother and take care of him and, you know, just give him money and like, hey, fuck it. I'm a, <laughs> my brother in the league, he making his money. I'm about to get on the money train. I'm about to go. All right, so let's fast forward to July of 2002. Now, Bison and Serena were in Tahiti and they were prepared. They were at a party having a good time and they were prepared to get ready to go on their boat for their long voyage. And literally out of nowhere, Kevin shows up at the party in Tahiti. Mind you, Kevin lives in California. So he shows up to the party in Tahiti and it's like, dang, bro, what you doing here? He's like, oh, hey, yeah, you know, cool. Like he going to be happy to see his brother because that's what he does. Like that's his brother. So Serena was so happy to see him because she was like, oh, here's your brother. We're going to chill. And then Bison decides to invite his brother on this excursion with them. And Bison kind of thought that his brother wasn't going to do it. But his brother was like, hell yeah, I don't want to go home anyway. So they're at the club and it's from what I'm what I read one night while they were at that same club that night when he showed up, they got into a little beef because, you know, siblings do beef and they literally got into a beef about bench presses. 
His brother said that he couldn't bench press X amount of weight. They got into it, whatever. So the next day, they got ready to get on the boat. Everybody was excited. Everybody was getting ready to go on the boat. And it was just like, yay. So on July the 26th, excuse me, sorry, July 6th of 2002, Bison, his brother, Serena, and they had somebody that sailed the boat, the captain. His name was Bertrand Saldo. And they got on the boat and they were getting ready to go to Hawaii. All right. So this sounds like amazing. Now, here's where everything gets murky for everybody. Nobody knows what happened next because literally nobody that was on that boat is alive anymore. Nobody. So what Kevin told, excuse me, Kevin, let me, let me, Kevin changed his name too. I know I went back, but let me tell you what Kevin changed his name to. He changed his name to Miles DeBoard. I don't know why, but that's just something to note. So Kevin, Miles, whatever, got into a fight with his brother. And from what I'm gathering, the fight was still about that same weightlifting shit, some bullshit, some boy shit, whatever. So when Serena supposedly tried to break those two up, she got pushed down. She hit her head and she died. So then the captain saw what happened. He was trying to get the boat to, he was like, hey, we need to turn this boat around. We need to get back because we need to get her some help so we can tell them what happened. Now, for me, it's like you have two big black men on a boat, a, cap, a captain and a white lady. <laughs> Nobody's probably going to believe that the two black men were fighting and the white lady just was trying to break it up got knocked and died. I understand. I don't get it, but I do understand the hesitation. So according to Kevin, they said that Bison got a little bit upset and he beat up the captain and he beat him up with a wrench. So he died too. So at that point, Miles said he was scared for his own life and he turned around and shot his brother. Shot him. Where'd a gun come from? Where, where did the gun come from? You, I know you didn't bring that gun on the plane. So where you get a gun from in Tahiti real quick? You hit a little side street and got you. Child, please. Anyway, they said that Kevin then proceeded to take the weights that they had on the boat for working out. He weighed down the bodies of his brother, Serena, and the captain and threw them overboard into the ocean. And then he took the boat himself and sailed it back to Tahiti. Now, I, I'm trying to figure out how he learned how to navigate a boat. Because navigating a boat <laughs> is not something you can just pick up at the end of the day. Like, girl, I figured out how to ride a boat on YouTube and I got it. <laughs> no. All right. So on September the 15th, about two months after setting sail on that trip. The family had started trying to figure out what was going on because nobody had heard Serena's family nor Bison's mama and them had heard anything from them in about two weeks so everybody was kind of like what is going on where are they where are they and nobody knew so he decided to take the boat back to Tahiti he got on the plane came back to the United States took some insulin overdosed himself on insulin 
went into a diabetic coma and he died on September the 28th. And the bodies of those other three people were never, ever, ever, ever found. So the what it's giving is he's saying that he shot his brother in self-defense. But what speculation is saying that he shot his brother in a jealous rage because his brother had, we're going to be quite honest, the looks because I saw him. Brother had the looks, the pretty girlfriend, the yacht, the notoriety, the coin, and the means to do whatever the fuck he wanted to do. And Miles, Kevin, whatever, didn't have that. Kevin was at home and Kevin decided to be like, fuck all this. He left his house, left all his bills. He ain't even packed no clothes. Kevin got on the flight and boop and dip and just showed up in Tahiti like, what's up, y'all? Left all his shit in the back and was like, I'm gone. Then he gets there. They get into an argument. He unalives everybody, takes the boat back, tries to overdose on insulin, and he dies. And this is all within a two-month span. So nobody really knows what happened at all. They know what Miles Kevin said, but... At this point, that's the only story that anybody has to go off of. So his family only can go off of what they said. But people that know Miles and people that know Bison, they know better than that. And I know this is like a really shitty ass way to find out a story. Like you, you threw them into the ocean in Tahiti. Them bodies wasn't going to never be found. And you knew that. Tahiti got sharks. Sharks like, girl, <laughs> who knows? And that's a really, really terrible way. And then you come back and overdose on some insulin because you was like, she even put me in jail. Child, you probably should have went to jail because I know the insulin overdose probably felt terrible. <laughs> I'm not sure if anybody's heard that, but if you have, meet me over on social media and let's talk about it. I definitely feel bad for the family of Serena because all she was trying to do was live her life with her man and live the grandeur off the grid and she ended up being unalive you hate to damn see it mm. well make sure y'all are following me on social media and killing color on all platforms i'll talk to y'all next time bye